When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Hi, Awesomes. Back at the beginning of summer 2022, I had an idea to do an extra awesome summer series here on the podcast. Well, as is so often the case, life was a little more complicated than I thought it would be this past summer, and I didn't get this series going. But I did record this interview with superstar awesome Kate Nixon Anania about how to incorporate less meat and more vegetarian-inspired meals in our lives. This is something our community talks about often, and Kate's insights and information are too good not to share. So even though this is coming to you a little bit later than I had hoped, I know you're going to love hearing what Kate has to say. Awesomes, welcome back to our Sorta Awesome Summer Series. I'm your host, Meg Teets, and I am so happy to be joined today by my friend and superstar awesome, Kate Nixon Anania. You guys know Kate. When she was here last, we were talking about all of the good stuff that we were loving at Trader Joe's. And if you are in the Sorta Awesome Hangout on Facebook, you know you have read and you know you have loved Kate's Trader Joe's reviews. Kate, welcome back to Sorta Awesome. Thank you, Meg. I'm so glad to have you back. And I'm so excited that we are once again, we have found ourselves talking about food. <laughs> One of my, my favorite topics. Honestly, mine too. Now, Kate, you had this idea to come and talk to the Awesomes. You've, you had talked to me about this before, you know, We've done food and cooking shows here on Sort of Awesome, but we've never done them from a vegetarian angle. So you had this idea, like, there's plenty of awesomes out there that are either um, completely meat-free or they're just trying to do less meat, especially as grocery prices are soaring and people are making adjustments in their budgets because they're paying so much at the pump. But you naturally have kind of started doing more vegetarian eating. Tell us a little bit about how you got to that place. Yeah. Um, so I have always eaten a very vegetarian heavy diet. I'm not actually a vegetarian. I was laughing as I pitched you this idea. I was cooking soup with chicken in it. And I was like, <laughs> clearly, I'm, I've never actually been a vegetarian. I am not a vegetarian, but we eat almost meat free in my home. When we're outside the house, we eat meat. Um, and the main reason why is because I, as many of you know, I do a lot of personal finance work. I just could not afford meat. And when I was learning how to cook, the risk of me messing up a recipe with meat in it was beyond what I could afford. That was yes. way outside of what I, I was like. If I mess up this chicken, that's my whole budget. I've ruined it. 
And I was much more comfortable. I was, you know, like you, not a fan of raw chicken. Yeah. Then I, it was just a whole area that I just wasn't really ready to dive into, both financially and because of, you know, ch- raw chicken. That's so true. Yeah, I've never thought about it that way, but it's true. Like, especially if you're a beginning cook or whatever, it can be really costly to do those experiments. And especially with grocery prices being what they are right now. Oh my goodness. That I never really thought about it from the financial angle, but that totally makes sense. Yeah. So for a long time, I just couldn't afford meat at all. And I had never really learned how to cook with it. So that's just how I cooked for, for years and years and years. And then later on, when I went to grad school, um, I had four four very good friends who we were still very close who we did family dinners together every Sunday night. And one Aww. of those friends is vegetarian. And so we would okay. all kind of cook these like elaborate three course meals when it was our turn. And because he was vegetarian, we would either make it vegetarian friendly so we would have meat but be able to mix it in later or we would just you know, try to outdo each other with these elaborate vegetarian meals. So because of that, I learned a lot a lot about vegetarian cooking. And so I have this huge repertoire of like kind of show offy meals. Oh my um, gosh. Yeah. So, so that, and that was a real blessing. And, and actually where we still live in the same city as one of our friends, the vegetarian friend. And so we still do this, which is to me, yes. one of, one of the nicest traditions of my life. Yeah. Um, and then the last reason, which is kind of a, a family reason that we have. So my actual career, I'm an, I'm an environmental economist. So I spend a lot of energy thinking about resources and how we use our resources and how we distribute resources. And if you think about the amount of energy and the amount of resources it takes to feed an animal and to eat the animal, when you could just directly eat the soybeans or directly eat the grains yourself, in terms of being careful about how you spend your resources and careful about where you put your energy, my family chooses to eat less meat so that we're taking up less energy and less resources. Um, So that's something that we think about that's important to my family. Um, And it's just something to think about when you're thinking about what kind of impact you want to have on the world. You can eat a little higher energy or a little lower energy and, and still have a healthy meal. Yes, that I love all of those reasons. It totally makes sense. And, you know, people eat vegan and vegetarian for a variety of reasons. I think you really did a good job of touching on, on some of the main ones, other people might have like religious restrictions or they might like you have uh, more morally based convictions about why they either avoid me altogether or they're just trying to cut back. So whatever the, whatever your approach might be, maybe you're a family like mine and we've got all of these kids and they're just hungry all the time and we just got to keep feeding them. Um, you know, we're, we're definitely not a vegetarian family, but we are a family who is looking to be like, what changes can we make to continue to eat really healthy meals? that are really going to be satisfying for this whole huge family, but maybe we don't need to rely on meat quite so much. So I love what you pointed out about having a close friend that you would um, be gathering with often to do these dinners, these meals, because I do think for people who are not vegetarian or vegan, when they find themselves preparing a meal for someone who is, it can be a little either overwhelming, maybe a little intimidating. Um, and so I think that that might be something that it, it feels like, oh gosh, I don't even know how to do this. If you have never learned how to cook 
vegetarian or vegan, but you've been doing this for so long. What are some things that you've learned along the way to know about cooking for family, friends, guests, whoever, who might be vegan or vegetarian? I guess we could start with like really delineating, knowing the difference between vegan and vegetarian, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I have some recipes for all situations. So I'm okay. going to hook up the awesomes for how, yes. to be a, how to be a good host. Um, so the difference between vegan and vegetarian is uh, vegetarians don't eat meat or meat products. Sometimes they don't eat fish. Usually they don't eat um, like mammal products or birds, right? So poultry or, or um, beef and, and lamb and that sort of thing. Vegans generally don't eat products that come from animals. So that includes eggs, um, dairy, any meat products, fish products, also sometimes honey mm-hmm. which comes from from bees, of course. But I'm also going to say that it varies a lot what people are comfortable and not comfortable with. I have vegetarian friends who are vegetarian because they just don't like meat. And so offering them something like a meat alternative, like a Beyond Meat burger, is not what they want because they don't like meat. They don't like the flavor of meat. And they're this, you know, it's just a flavor taste preference, right? It's a texture flavor taste preference. So that's not a great option. So it's important to ask your guests. Whereas I have a vegan friend who, will eat honey because he's like, I think bees are great and I'd like to support bees and I don't feel like I'm injuring them by eating honey. And he'll also eat bivalves like mussels and oysters because they don't have nervous systems, Mm -hmm. but he won't eat other things. So it really, and he is very strictly vegan. So it really depends person to person. So when you have someone coming over and you know that they have these dietary restrictions, I would say just like any kind of allergy, it's important to ask, are there things that you're comfortable with, not comfortable with? Yeah. You know, are there any alternatives that you suggest? If you're worried about using a replacement product, you can say, you know, have you tried this? Do you like it? Do you think it's going to work? Do you have suggestions for me? Um, But there are also all of my recipes. They don't use like vegan replacements. They don't use anything like that. They're just it's normal food that I would eat every day. I don't buy special products for the most part other than meat alternatives. Um, We don't use you know, vegan butter, we don't use vegan yogurt, we just use the normal products and then omit them if necessary. But so there are a lot of ways to be flexible. You can either go the whole way in and try all sorts of replacement products, or you can just say, I'm going to choose a recipe that doesn't include these things. So yeah, I think that I'm, I'm glad you pointed that out. And truly, you know, grocery stores these days, everywhere from Trader Joe's to your local grocery, certainly Whole Foods, um, there's like vegan uh, replacements for everything. But, you know, if you're, tr- if you're trying to do this to be more cost efficient, that can get really expensive really quickly. Yes. Um, yes. if you're just like making the switch, but you're kind of replacing what was costing you in meat with vegan replacements, that could add up. But if you do, or if you are doing it for different reasons and you don't mind that change, um, in your grocery budget, whatever, then yeah, check some of them out because, oh my gosh, I feel like every time I'm at the grocery store, there's more and more meat-free alternatives for all kinds of products at the grocery yeah. store. It's, I would say in the past decade, the the world of vegan and meat-free options has completely changed. It's a whole yes. new world out there and in a really good and exciting way. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Well, thank you for those tips for thinking about how to cook for other people. Because like I said, sometimes it can just be a little intimidating. And I think sometimes too, we feel a little uncomfortable asking, like we don't want to be offensive. But what I hear you say, saying is it's maybe 
better manners to ask ahead of time just to kind of clarify. I'm sure if somebody is vegetarian or vegan, it's not like they're, they've never been asked about it before, right? right? Yeah. <laughs> um, and so just to clarify to make them comfortable when they are there for the meal or whatever the gathering might be. I think that's a good way to go about it. Um, I think one of the big things too that can feel intimidating if you've never eaten um, in a more meat-free way, the big concern that comes to mind for lots of us, especially if you are feeding a lot of kids, is what about protein? Mm -hmm. Most of us associate our, like especially mammal food sources with being really high sources of protein. And so there might be this concern, like, are we going to still be getting the protein that we need, even if we're eating less or no meat? Yeah. So I, I will say that people do really worry about this a lot. And in terms of protein efficiency, you're, you're probably going to get more protein from eating a chicken breast than you are eating beans, right? Depending how, how much you can fit in your stomach, you'll probably get more from chicken, but that doesn't mean that you're not getting enough protein other way. And if you just think about the global diet, many people in the world eat vegetarian and there is not this like giant global lack of protein in vegetarian communities. There are whole cultures that don't eat meat for cultural reasons that are thriving, right? There's no, there's no concern. So if you are careful about making sure that you include protein in your meals, whether that's from dairy, like cheese or eggs, we do a lot of, you know, eggs on top of things, beans, soybeans, edamame, um, are pretty pretty classic, right? Tofu and soy products are all really good sources. And then there are some other like kind of crazier ones. And also meat alternatives have generally very high protein content. Um, so I would say just start start reading labels if you're feeling nervous about not getting enough protein. Um, just read labels and, and you will be reassured that a lot of the kind of baseline backbones of these meals are very high in protein. And my husband eats the same food that I do. We almost never eat meat at home. My husband has a bodybuilding background. So there we have, he has never complained to me about not having enough protein. Yeah. Um, this is not a diet where he doesn't feel full. It's not a diet where he feels like he's eating rabbit food. This is just, right. how, this is just how, how we eat normally. And another benefit of eating a more plant-based diet is that you have access to a lot of the micronutrients in plants and in beans and in bean and plant products that your body really needs. So it helps kind of diversify your nutrients um, in a way. And it, and again, Meg, I eat meat. So like, this is just a way to diversify how yeah. you eat. It's not, I'm not going to judge anyone for, for like, sure. try one meal a month, try one meal a week, right? Yes. Try, yeah. try five meals a week, whatever works for you. But um, if you are paying attention and intentionally adding protein into your meals, just like you would if you were eating meat, then you will not have any protein problems. Absolutely. Yep. That makes so much sense. And I, you know, starting back when I was a mommy blogger, like over a decade ago, um, when, when we were all sharing our meal plans for the week, every week on our blogs, um, there was a number of people, including myself, who would sometimes do like meatless Monday mm -hmm. as just trying one meal a week for your family that is meat free. And, you know, for people who work from home that, that could, if you have the flexibility, you could even say, 
okay, I'm going to go meat-free for all of my lunches. I'm going to experiment mm-hmm. with different kinds of protein just for lunch and see what happens. And so I love your approach that's just like so open and just experimental and curious. And what if I tried this? What might happen? I think that's a really excellent way to try to make some of these changes. And I really definitely think Summer is such a great time to experiment if you're going to try some less meat or meat-free eating because the produce that's out there is so abundant. You know, everything's so fresh right now. Everything tastes so great. It's peak season for more plant-based eating. So as Kate said, she's brought some recipes for the awesome. She is going to hook us up with some great recipes perfect to try for this summer or any time if you want to, um, you know, just play around with this and see what happens. So Kate is going to bring us some fantastic recipes when we come right back. Okay, we are back. And like I said, Kate has brought some fantastic recipes for the awesomes for you guys to check out. Um, these are, we have links in the show notes for all of these recipes. So don't feel like you need to take notes or anything. We have everything that you need that you can just click on and go find these recipes. But Kate, I know you were kind of thinking about like a variety of different contexts for who might be interested in this. Lots and lots of awesomes um, have families and you have a family. So I know you kind of kept that in mind as well. Um, but let's just start at the top. What's the first recipe you brought for us to check out? So the first one is a recipe that my husband and I made up. We call it the family grain bowl. And this one is really nice for summer. Like you just said, really good place to put all that fresh produce. It's really nice, but it's also really filling. So this one, you start with a whole grain. My family really likes farro, which have you ever had farro? No, I don't think I have. It's a whole grain that's really high in protein and fiber. And it's, okay. it's really a pleasant, chewy texture. It kind of reminds me of orzo without the processing. Okay. And it's pretty easy to find. You can get it at Trader Joe's. You can get it at um, Whole Foods. I found it at normal grocery stores. You kind of have to look for it sometimes. Okay. Um, but for this recipe, you do want to try and use a whole grain just to really up the the protein content. Um, you can also use quinoa, which is uh, a complete grain, or you can use something like um, barley. Uh, okay. Or I would probably not want brown rice as much, but brown rice is pretty pretty easy to find. Yes. Um, and then you roast your chickpeas. You get a can of chickpeas and you roast them. And that really changes the texture and it makes them crunchy yeah. and a little more nut-like. Right. Roast, roast a sweet potato and then you get whatever kind of fresh veggies you want. You put it all in a bed of greens and then you add the world's most amazing vinaigrette, which I have linked to. The, the benefit of this recipe is that the vinaigrette will make anything taste good. So it doesn't I'm really matter. It. it doesn't really <laughs> matter what you put in this bowl. Um, and it is actually the whole, the recipe is vegan and we sometimes add edamame, sometimes we'll add an egg, which doesn't make it vegan, but it adds more protein and the mixture of the grain and the vegetables and the roasted, the roasted chickpeas makes for a really pleasant meal. Plus the vinaigrette is just, it's the best vinaigrette that I know. And it, it makes it perfect. That's so good. I think we should all have like a go-to vinaigrette that you can just, you've got the ingredients, you can keep it on hand, throw it together for dressing, whatever. But what I love about doing 
like a bowl type meal, especially with having kids that all have different preferences and tastes and stuff is you can kind of set up like a little bar and everybody can just put together their own bowl, especially if you have older kids, they can put together their own bowl with the stuff that you've set out. And it makes it so much easier to put a meal together. Like you said, in the summer, especially when, you know, you might be trying to just feed everyone real quick and then get out the door again for swimming or a ball game or whatever. So I am absolutely into the idea of this bowl, throw it all together in a bowl and a go-to vinaigrette. Yes. So and the, good. a nice part of this is it's the way we make it. It's very large. So you end up eating this huge portion, but it's, you know, 60% fresh vegetables. So you're, yes. you know, you're having, you don't walk away feeling like you ate this giant meal in the middle of the summer. You feel pretty good after Right. Oh, that's another point too. Truly in the summer, nobody wants to sit down and have like pot roast. <laughs> like your, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Your pot, this is not pot roast season. This exactly. is definitely keep it light. Yes. So, exactly. so good. So we All have right. that once a week. Oh, good. Really yeah. great. Really easy, really easy meal. Loving it. Loving it. All right. What else you got? Okay. So the next one is great for company. It is so impressive. People are going to think that you have done so much work and it requires you to chop one thing. You have to, okay. cut, you have to cut one onion. That's the, all of the work. So this is a sheet pan gnocchi recipe where you actually roast the gnocchi. So it gets, instead of like, I think gnocchi is like, it gets gluey and weird sometimes when you oh, boil sure. it. Yes. Ugh, I don't love it. But yeah. when you roast it, because it's a potato, it's like a roasted potato, right? So you get yeah. this like crisp, brown, delicious little pillow of yumminess. Yes. And so this recipe, you roast a bunch of tomatoes and gnocchi and onions with some garlic. And then on the side, you have some arugula and basil that are fresh. And then when you finish roasting, you dump it all together, mix it up, add some lemon, smush up some garlic, the garlic that you just roasted in it, and then serve it to your guests who are very impressed. Yes. And you, the recipe does call for Parmesan on top, which if you're not serving a vegan, I would strongly recommend because it's great. Yeah. It's really good. But this recipe is hand, completely hands off. You really, you have to chop one onion. And so it's, it's great both if you're like trying to entertain your guests while also trying to get dinner on the table, but also they're going to like it. It's a really good meal. Oh my gosh, that sounds so good. And that is an, a recipe that you definitely could take more into the, like the fall winter when people are kind of more thinking about roasted, though it certainly could work in the summer too. Mm-hmm. And I know like to me, roasted garlic with anything, it elevates whatever it is you're eating, yep. even if it's just like on a simple piece of baguette, like roasted garlic is indescribably good. So putting that in with all of these other ingredients, you know, I don't think I've ever had roasted yoki. I've only ever had it boiled. And I've always been like, I don't know what the big fuss about this is. No, it's a, it's a whole different food. It's a yes. whole different food. And it's I, I, no work. You just open the packet and there you go. And the, the perk of doing this in the summer is it does have basil. Yes. It has a lot of fresh basil in it. So yeah. if you can get fresh basil, now's the, now's the right time to, to make this recipe. Yeah. Loving it. Yes. Okay. Let's hear another one. Okay. So the next one, I'm glad you just talked about how much you like garlic because this one is a big hit of garlic. Yay. Okay. On. So this is a recipe that I learned about many years ago. It's Rachel Ray, if you can believe that. When was the last time you heard a Rachel Ray recipe? It's been a minute. I'll tell you the truth. Yes. 
So this recipe, she, it's her recipe is garlicky lentils with sausage. And so she essentially cooks the sausage separately and then puts it on top. So again, <laughs> if you want to add meat to your meal, there you go. Rachel Ray set you up. Yes. I don't do that because I think this meal is amazing by itself. So it's, okay. you boil lentils, which you can also buy pre-made lentils. So you actually don't oh, even good. have to, you don't even have to turn on the stove for this recipe. Yeah. You boil lentils in either broth, which you can do veg- veggie broth, chicken broth, whatever works for you or water with half an onion. It's like, you don't have to cut it. You just cut it in half and pop it in there for a little flavor. Yeah. And then while that's cooking and lentils are, you don't have to pre-soak lentils. Lentils are very fast, which is mm-hmm. a big perk of lentils. Yes. While that's cooking, you chop up a lot of garlic, like okay, like six to twelve cloves. That's a lot. I mean, That's... you you just you want the more garlic, the better this meal will be for you. I am here for it. I love garlic so much, and it's so good for your immune system it's too. Good so... For everything, yes. just make sure everyone in your family eats this meal together, so that you can all love each other. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. So you put the garlic into olive oil and you let it sit while the lentils are cooking. So you've got raw garlic, which is strong. And then when the lentils are done, you dump the olive oil with the garlic on top of the lentils so that the heat from the lentils slightly cooks the garlic. Okay. Okay. So now you have this kind of like very thick garlic mixture that's kind of like a pate or like a hummus texture. So it's pretty thick. Mm -hmm. I like to eat it on toast. So I get really good bread and I eat it on toast. You can also eat it with rice. This makes a really good lunch. It gets better the longer you let it sit, the more delicious it gets. And it's also really nice because it is so full of fiber and so full of protein. It's really nice if you're having some of those lighter summer meals, like if you're having bruschetta with fresh tomatoes, or if you're having gazpacho, anything that's really showcasing summer produce, but you need something to go with it. This is really great. And it's, Easy lunch. It's good cold. It's good hot. I think about this meal all the time. I love it so much. I love it so much. And it sounds so simple and it is so simple, but it's also absolutely fantastic. I really love it. Listen, any meal that you find yourself like daydreaming about, like, when could I have that again? Or, oh, there's some of that in the fridge. That's what I'm having for lunch. That's well worth it. And I can't believe how low effort it sounds like this is. Like, genuinely easy peasy. mm -hmm. I I don't really do difficult meals as a a rule. I think that's so good to point out too, because I think it's some of us do think that cooking vegetarian or vegan is a little more fussy than mm-hmm. cooking with meat. And maybe, maybe that's just me. Maybe it's just a weird thing I have in my mind, but I, I do love that this sounds like it just comes together so easily. And again, if you're, if you work from home, like I do, and I know lots of people do, it's so easy to cheat yourself out of a decent lunch to just be like, mm-hmm. oh, there's some Ritz crackers. I guess I'll do some American cheese on Ritz crackers or like whatever you can just scrunch up. But I think that it's so important to take care of ourselves during the workday. And if you're at home or this sounds like you could even theoretically take it into the office with you, just take your bread with you and you've got your little container and there you go for like a real lunch. I'm into it, Kate. That sounds so good. It's so good. And truly garlic is so good for your body. So the more you can eat, the better. Well, you know, don't restrict yourself. However many cloves I said, add as many as you feel is right. Just Whatever the spirit calls you for, you go for it. 
<laughs> Go hard with that garlic. Your body will thank you. All right. What else yeah. do you have for us for vegetarian or vegan cooking this summer? Okay. So now we're going to talk about tofu. Are you okay. ready? Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This talk about intimidating. This is the part where I'm like, I have no idea what to do. Oh, I'm so glad we could talk about it. Yeah. Okay. Tofu is great because it's pre-cooked already. So unlike, you know, raw chicken where you can kill your family, there's nothing <laughs> there's nothing you can nothing you can do wrong here. You're going to be fine. Um, so tell me, do you, do you eat tofu? I do. Like we, we eat a lot of Asian food. We live right next to the Asian district in Oklahoma city. We eat a lot of Asian food and it's often included in the different dishes that we try. So I totally like eating it. I just, when it comes to actually preparing it, I'm always like, I, I see the block of it and I'm like, I don't understand how that gets from that to something that people want to (laughs) eat. That's totally fair. So I'm glad that you said that you have experience eating it when you eat out, because that's my first recommendation. If you have no experience with tofu, Asian restaurants are pros. They're yes. they're going to make better tofu than you can at home. So go yeah. out. Okay. I believe that. Yes. Or, yes. <laughs> order whatever it is that you normally order at your favorite Asian restaurant and ask for tofu and just give it a whirl. Fried tofu is delicious. It is delicious. So just give it a whirl. And if you're not sure, try it at your favorite restaurant. Yeah. Yeah. That's the, that's a, that's a really good gateway. Learn about tofu from the pros. Um, so there are a few different types of tofu available. So this is, this is important to pay attention to when you're cooking from home. So there's silken tofu, which is a little harder to find. That's, it is exactly what it says. Silken. It kind of has a panna cotta texture. It's very pleasant. Mm -hmm. Um, if you've ever had miso soup, it's that kind of like nice, creamy, slidey feeling in a nice way. Yes. Right. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that is really good for soups. Sometimes people, I have a Martha Stewart recipe for mousse out of tofu, which I, I don't oh. know if I recommend that, but it's a thing, Martha, you know, um, but it's, it's a very pleasant texture, but it's really hard to cook with. So it's nice for soups. It's nice for things where you're not really manipulating it a lot. So for most home recipes, most stir fry recipes, you don't want to use silken tofu because it will fall apart. And you'll say, what have I done? I've made a pile of mush and no one wants to eat this. So when you're cooking stir fry, most home tofu recipes require a firm or an extra firm tofu. And either one is fine. The firmer you get, the more structure you're going to have. And when you cook tofu, you have to drain it. Well, you don't have to, but it comes out crispier if you drain it. Mm -hmm. So you take it out of the package, put it between some towels, and then put something heavy on it. And then let it sit for however long you have. You yes. can't, you can't really go wrong. Everything's going to get a little damp. No big deal. Just wash the towels. Yeah. And then I like to make mine just pan fried crispy because that's the only, that's the way that I know how to do it. My husband does this whole thing with cornstarch and he oh, has a whole different method. I have yeah. a friend who bakes it. So there are a okay. lot of different ways, but I'm sharing in the show notes, I'm sharing the way that I know how to do it. Um, the key is it's kind of like browning meat. So the key is you get the tofu dry and then you put the oil in the pan and then you essentially sear it. So you don't move it. You just put it in the pan and then you don't move it. And then after I'd say four to six minutes, you can flip over the individual cubes and get the other sides done. So this takes a little bit of time. You do not have to do this for any recipe. I like this because it makes it a little brown and a little crispy. It adds some texture. 
but you're not going to ruin your recipe if you just dump cubes of tofu in there, which I do sometimes when I'm like, well, I'm in a rush. We're just going to, we're just yeah. going to do this the easy way. Yeah. Um, so, uh, the other thing about tofu is just like beans, it is extremely inexpensive. So a block of tofu can feed, depends on how much your family eats, but it can feed two to four people. Um, and it's going to be under, it's probably $2, a little more than $2 for a block of tofu. So you wow. can get a, a few blocks of tofu, feed yeah. your family, have leftovers. It's very inexpensive. So that's a, a big perk of vegetarian food, a big perk of tofu. Mm-hmm. And tofu, it's great because it lasts for like six weeks in the refrigerator. Okay, that you, works for me. For you can sure. just have it on hand, right? Yeah. And if it's been six weeks and you're like, oh, still haven't used my tofu, you can freeze it. And when okay. you freeze it and then thaw it, it's going to come out with kind of a honeycomb texture. So the texture oh, is going to be different. That yeah. is also very pleasant in a whole different way, but it's just, yeah. it's just different. But I find that really lovely as well. So I just think you can't go wrong. It's going to be good. So the, the best part about tofu is that it's a vehicle for delicious sauce. Okay. So tofu by itself doesn't have much flavor. It has kind of a neutral flavor. It is a vehicle Mm -hmm. for whatever sauce you have. So whatever you're making, make sure you've got a really good sauce. Okay. And so the recipe that I make is actually a recipe for chicken. So the the show notes notes are going to have a recipe for chicken. And it also, the recipe is for a chicken wrap, like a lettuce wrap. I don't, I've never met a lettuce wrap that I liked. Just, I, I like it on rice. So, yeah. You know. Okay. That totally makes sense. Yes. So, um, but the recipe itself is great. So this is a cashew honey tofu and it has water chestnuts. It has this kind of sweet sauce. It has crunch from the cashews. It's really yeah. nice. It's a pretty straightforward stir fry recipe, but okay. I think it's a really, really tasty one. And it's, it's very easy. So would you, when you're making this, then do you, you prepare your tofu first, like however you're going to make it, like you're going to bake it, fry it, whatever you do that first. And then you put the rest together, like stir fry style. Yes. Yeah. Got so it. I, so I do the, well, actually, I don't know. I've never, I've never made a meat stir fry. You do, <laughs> you do the meat first usually, or yeah. do you do the vegetables first and then you add Yeah. Them? I think you do the meat first and okay. then, uh, then you can either hold the meat out and do the vegetables or whatever, but that makes sense then though. If you, if your tofu is ready to go, that you yeah. can just put it all in together. It sounds yeah. like. Exactly. Yeah. And it's, you know, again, it's fully cooked. So even, you know, if you're in a big rush and you're like, all right, whatever, I'm just going to put some vegetables in and dump some sauce on top. You can just dump the cubes right in without prepping it at all. And it's maybe it won't be quite as delicious, but it'll still be good because you put good sauce in there. Exactly. Oh my yeah. goodness. Anything honey, I am fully is, there for. This so. is a really good one. The textures are nice. It's, yeah. I, I like, I like this recipe a lot. So good. So good. Okay. I think you have one more for us, right? I do. This is my very best vegetarian recipe. Okay. I, let's I love it. this meal so much. We make this for company. We make this for family. My kids love it. My one kid loves it. Nieces and nephew loves it. Everybody loves this meal. My neighbor down the street is a personal trainer who has said, you know, it's not a meal without meat. I'm not going to eat this. And right. We, and we served this to him and he had seconds and then he asked for the recipe. So <gasps> Wow, I'm that's just, quite the endorsement. I'm just putting this out there that this is this is a good meal. Okay. Um, so this is called buttery moon dal, and dal is a very classic Indian recipe for lentils. 
Um, and this is a Tarka doll. The recipe that I have in the show notes is behind a paywall. And I'm so sorry, but that's the recipe that we use. <laughs> and so I wanted to supply yeah. that one. But I also found a really good one that's essentially the same idea by Tan France of Queer Eye, who is yes. a delight. Um, that should be very similar. So the idea behind a Tarka doll is you cook your lentils with some spice, very similar to all lentil recipes. Right. And then separately, you melt butter, you add garlic, and then some other aromatics, and then you combine that with the lentils. And it comes out to be a miracle. It's so good. And you, Love it. You serve it with either rice or you can buy um, naan or any kind of kind of thin bread. You can find naan a lot of places now, so it's not just yes. Uh, yeah, it's it's becoming easier and easier to find. Um, and then I like to eat it with yogurt. And then if you really really want to be fancy, if you can find some mango pickle, which I put a link in for that. Mango pickle is an Indian condiment. It is spicy. But okay. super flavorful in a way that will really, really make the dish worth it. So okay. we make this for company a lot. It's a really delicious meal. So I recommend giving this a whirl. If you're worried about Indian cooking, which um, is a, can be intimidating because of the yeah. number of spices. Yes, yes. Yeah. So the New York Times recipe that I included um, only actually has two spices. It only has um, turmeric which is relatively easy to find oh, these yeah. days and cumin, mm -hmm. which everybody has cumin. So for sure. it's only two spices. Uh, so it's not, this is like a very good entry level. Indian yeah. recipe. And it it's sounds... not, oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, it sounds like it is like a really easy entry point for making your own Indian at home. We have gotten really into Indian food. My whole family is into it just like in the past, I would say six months, but we definitely have not attempted cooking it ourselves mm -hmm. yet. So, but I, I love what you're saying that this is a good starting place. Yeah, it really is. And this one has, you can add spice, you can add chili, but we don't usually because, you know, our son won't eat the chili and I also can't really handle too much chili. So this is yeah. not a like, oh no, is this going to be an inedible meal? It's not, yeah. it's very, it's going to be very, very easy to eat and very enjoyable. Oh my goodness. I am super excited about that one, especially. It sounds so good. Um, before we let you go, I know you had some just general tips if people are looking to do like an imitation meat, a replacement meat, an alternative meat, because maybe there's a little bit of a learning curve if you've only ever worked with animal products before making the switch and trying out some of these more plant-based ones. What have you learned along the way that you want the awesomes to know? Yeah. So I will say, I think like we mentioned before, the, the products that are out there are vastly different than the kind of sad Boca burgers of my, yes. of my <laughs> so the, the products that I've enjoyed very much, I think that um, imitation chicken products like imitation chicken nuggets are really good. You cannot tell the difference, in my opinion. So I really like Morningside brand and Quorn. It's Q-U-O-R-N brand. They're really good. And then for beef and pork products, we eat a lot of Beyond Meat and Impossible Meat. And they make both kind of traditional hamburger products. You can buy the patties. You can buy like a pack of art imitation ground beef, right? It just comes with like a ground beef, but they also make breakfast sausage. They make Italian sausage. They make all sorts of different products. And a cookbook that I found really helpful, I bought it for my husband. 
is called Cooking with Beyond an Impossible Meat. Um, this was helpful for me because I hadn't cooked with meat in so long that I just forgot, like, did you know yeah. I can make meatloaf now? I just for- <laughs> I just forgot that that was a food because I just never made it. So for me, right. it was helpful because I had a whole world of meat-based food that I just didn't make for years right. and years and years. Yeah. But it's also a really good resource because it tells you which products to choose for oh. which recipes. So they'll say, this is the best product for this pork traditionally pork based recipe. And this one is really good for beef. And this one's a good replacement for lamb. Um, And I will say if you live in a household where maybe you have people who are resistant to having meals without meat, I'm not going to, I'm not going to tell you to withhold information from your family, (laughs) but also uh, do you always share every ingredient that (laughs) goes into your meal? Well, I would challenge you if you're curious about this at all, and if you're worried you'll meet some resistance, I would just challenge you to give it a try. Maybe don't disclose every ingredient. It's not going to hurt anybody. Um, and just give it a try. See if you like it. See if you can tell the difference. And maybe you will, and maybe you'll say this isn't for me, or maybe you'll say, no, this is for me. And, you know, you yeah. can maybe disclose it later or not. You know, your choice. <laughs> That's interesting. If anyone does that, please report back. Yeah, I would be curious. <laughs> I'm not endorsing deviousness. Uh, I will tell you, don't try to pass off tuna as pork <laughs> with my famous barbecue tuna disaster. Right. Times have changed. You no longer have to do that. Times have changed. <laughs> if only I had these resources, Kate, like 15 years ago, this would have been a huge help. I wouldn't even have ever had to try the barbecue tuna. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Oh, this has been so good and so helpful. And like I said, I just think this summer is the perfect time to give this a try if you're curious about it or if you are needing to make changes in your family's grocery budget. Like, why not this summer? Give it a try. You have put together so many great resources. Like I said, we've got links in the show notes for all of these things that Kate has talked about. Um, Kate, I know you are in, you're active in the Hangout group and in the Superstars group. Is that basically the, the best place that we can find you and connect with you for more vegan and vegetarian talk? Yes, it is. Yep. That's okay. Best. And there's also a sort of tasty group that oh. is a spin-off group that often has a lot of vegetarian questions in there. Okay. Yes. You guys know we have all the spinoff groups and sometimes I even forget like how many there are and all these different conversations going on. So check out the sort of tasty Facebook group to connect with other awesomes who are cooking. So Kate, thank you again. This has been so fantastic. Great. Well, thank you for having me. I really enjoyed it. I'm so glad. I'm so glad. You can find me on social media at Sorta Awesome Meg, and you can find Sorta Awesome wherever you are online. Just search for Sorta Awesome and you'll find us there. Awesome. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see y'all next time. 